You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. In this episode, I'm joined by Brian of Keep Calm, Save Lives, or as you guys may know him, a.k.a. KCSL. He joins me as a host, and we get into the topic of selflessness and going beyond what's expected. The information we're going to talk about applies both in the military and the private sector. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Mentors for Military podcast. You know, working out here in the private sector, there's so many different organizations and how they decide to do uh, rating for their associates, you know, their employees. Yeah. So it's much like the, the military side. In the military side, you have the uh, rating scale and everything that you do on an NCOER or on a uh, OER and stuff. In the private sector, it's very similar uh, on an annual basis, and usually it's merit increases or you know bonuses, incentives, and stuff like that at the end of the year that are in a payout. How well the company did kind of determines the percentage and all that kind of good stuff. But there's a scale of one to five, and on a scale of one to five, everybody really should be a three. Now the mm-hmm. challenge is, of course, that a lot of times human resources tries to use use a bell curve, and, and you can't really get a bell curve out of say you know five people. So if you only have five people on your team, you're just not going to get there, not a realistic one. So everybody should be a three. And if you're giving a three, that means you're giving 100% really. So uh, I think the challenge is, is that I think both in the military and the private sector, a lot of people like to fly under the radar. They like to not be maybe as noticeable and everything else. They're, they're kind of happy in the environment that they're in and the job that they're doing. But when it comes time for the incentive, they want to rate themselves as a four. Yeah. Everyone wants the glory, but no one wants to sweat. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's, that's what got me thinking about this whole episode is like, all right. Yeah. So seeing that and, and experiencing that often I think in the military, it used to be the same way. I don't know if it still is, where people would kind of want to do the same thing. They'd want to, they'd want to get all the glory at the end when it came time to looking good in their records and, and all that kind of good stuff. But the truth of the matter was, they were just kind of right there at three, you know? In the Air Force, you had the previous EPR system that was really inflated. It was everyone, instead of being that three, was able to be a five if they were just meeting the expectations. And if they were given a four below, which is still not bad, you know, per what it was supposed to be. But because it was inflated, the four and the three became pretty bad. So they redid the EPR system recently to where squadrons can only give out a certain amount of fives, fours, and then everyone is, is more ranked in that three spot. So it does... For people who want to be promoted and want to have that career in the military, it is better for, for that circumstance. Yeah, so, so you start having that bell curve thing again. Now you're trying to force the bell curve, and I think that's where it becomes very challenging. And then as a leader, it's important to recognize and reward those that go beyond and kind of excel in what they do. Yeah. But you know, this is where it gets kind of challenging because if leaders are yeah. not setting the goals high enough in the very beginning, and for yeah. me, I'll tell you how I do it. I... If I tell you a three is, you know, this is what a three is, I'm going to go into very specifics. So I not only give you a goal or a number of goals, 
I give you a weighted value for that goal. In other words, I'm going to give you a priority. I'm going to give you five goals, but not all five can be of equal importance. You're just not going to be able to accomplish perhaps all five. So I'm going to tell you which ones are most important and give a weighted value to that. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a three means that if you were to meet the standard, you're going to get a three. A four means that, let's say, for instance, you got to hit a number no higher than 30. Okay, well, so if you hit a higher number, uh, no higher than 30, that's a three. Between 25 and 30 might be a four. If you get the number below 20, 24, uh, 25 or whatever, then that might be a five. But if you your number goes higher than a 30, then that's a two or a one. So it's very clear. And I give a a percentage for each of those two. So it becomes a weighted value. Right. Might equate out to a 3.6. And then there's even a scale that says a 3.6 actually falls in a three. Yeah. And, and I know it sounds very complicated, but it had to go that direction because people were getting into so much subjectivity when it came to trying to determine a rating and how yep. to apply it. And hey, well, Johnny over here works for Brian and he got the same, he got a four. How come you gave me a three? And we were both. I see a lot three. of differences in the the private sector is unfortunately I think leaders definitely struggle with, you know, using the higher ratings as ways of keeping people in the military or accomplishing certain agendas. I've seen it. uh, Some guys that definitely should have been rated higher than others just off, you know, general picture of performance and, just meeting the basic things like our, our commander, he puts out a squadron OI, you know, his operator instructions, right place, right time, right uniform, meet these three things. And then like, you know, with that baseline that we were talking about, you have to have something to deviate from something to exceed. So I've seen some, some agendas and stuff get thrown, thrown around and you see guys that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be, getting those higher rankings still getting it and there's there's that deeper thing so that's a thing that leaders definitely struggle struggle with you know with their uh, rating as well because they have the power to right you know, like get those people that they want into those roles and it's different definitely from the military the private sector because i'll tell you why like you said a four or five start setting yourself up for a promotion if you're a if you start achieving a four and a five constantly within the private sector it should mean that you should be looking at a promotion because it means you're constantly excelling at a higher rate than your peers. You are overqualified for the role that you're in. We need to consider moving you, you know, and moving the bench strength, putting you on another bench somewhere and start grooming you for the next level. Most definitely. However, here's the thing that you were just describing that's very interesting. And that is they feel like they need to reward people in some way. And by giving them a four or a five, it doesn't cost any money. I think in overall, what we're talking about is leaders have to be leaders and you've got to set some kind of standard and whatever standard it is that you make, your peer group that's with you that maybe report up to the same leader, you all have to be consistent and a united front in how you're going about doing it. Because when Absolutely. You, when you start talking about people going beyond, you know, which we want to get to a little bit here, you have to identify what does that truly mean. And we see it from the get-go of feedback you have 90 days from receiving somebody that you're going to rate on to give them their feedback. And in that, you lay out those expectations. You're like, this is what it looks like to be all the way on the right side. You know, this is where 
the minimum is here and this is what like I don't want to see. And when I've rated on people or given feedback, I, I learned a lot. I think my first my first feedback was a failure completely because I took my expectations, like what I held myself to and applied it to him. And that just that's just not fair. I didn't really get to know him too well off the bat and certain goals and stuff. Just having a basic conversation with the guy would have definitely deleted a couple of my expectations for him. Mm-hmm. That's that is such yeah. a crucial first step. And again, like expectations yep. other than that right place, right time, right uniform in the military and just basic organizational structure of, you know, how to do your job well. It needs to be personal. It needs to be driven. It needs to drive that person to their their goals, but also how you see them as the leader exceeding in their organization. Yeah, that's spot on. And you know, when I was uh, when you start talking about evaluating against yourself and and trying to understand that individual, I mean, it's almost leadership one on one too. Like you said, to set those individuals down and understand who they are, what makes them tick, what where their passion is, what a bad day means to them. Uh, some of the struggles maybe they're having at home that they might be bringing to the workplace. You know, you really have to get in to understand that individual to know when you're measuring them against something, you're measuring them against maybe the right peer group as well, as well as against their self um, yeah. and, and what their capabilities and strengths are. I mean, you're definitely talking the right thing. So as a leader, there's more to it than just trying to put a number on a piece of paper. And there's more to it that goes into trying to establish what you believe the bar should be. And not everybody is going to be, you know, you, as you define yourself, which is a very valid point, or in a comparison to one of the other team members, because that's not healthy as well. If Brian's the guy that always excels on the team, I don't want to use Brian as always the example. Yeah. People then learn to hate Brian. That's what I'm Yeah, that causes saying. that causes huge huge problems on the team. Right. If you're using somebody if you keep name dropping somebody in a feedback session, you're screwing that guy big time. Totally. You know? Totally. You're making him an outsider right off the bat. So yeah. some some of the things I think that, you know, you kind of hit on basically as far as uh intrinsic versus extrinsic, you know, when you look at the selfish or selfless that's a that's a very key point and we talk about the traits within the military and selfless service being one of those but does everybody truly live by that or because i have certainly have seen a lot of leaders and a lot of people who are very selfish i try to go off principle with a lot of things that i i wrote down in this outline and you know intrinsic versus extrinsic intrinsic is something when i when i think of that in terms of like reward and recognition it's a purpose driven, you know, this, I'm doing these things. I'm exceeding because I have this belief. I have this drive and I don't necessarily need what's around me. What happens because of me exceeding expectations to validate what I'm doing. I think it's rare to have somebody who is genuinely intrinsically motivated. Right. I, I try to be, However, I will definitely admit I enjoy the recognition side of things, extrinsic pressures on what I do. That definitely drives me. Encouragement, that kind of stuff is great. I lean heavier into the intrinsic side of things because I want to develop that. I want to be able to be a quiet professional, mm-hmm. exceed expectations quietly. I think something I was, I was just 
pondering amazing people. Winston Churchill, for example. People love talking about things that he's done in his life, you know, and great things. Absolutely. But I truly believe a guy like him, you'll never hear about the most amazing things that he did because he decided not to tell anybody. Right. And I mean, that takes tons of character. And that is, though, that is that intrinsic reward that he has or some people like him. No, that's a that's a great example, and there are a lot of people out there that you never hear about some of the great things that they do, and you see instead uh, an individual that's making a lot of money or maybe doing things, and you don't know the backstory, and that's all the more reason why you need to get to know the individual, like we were talking about a moment ago. God, I can't even think where my brain was going to go, because all of a sudden I had a brain fart. Don't you hate that? It's all good. <laughs> it's, that, it's that chicken sandwich blocking up the, the blood of the brain right now. If you had eaten those fries, it'd be way worse. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean, I, I can take the selfish, selfless side of things. I'm going to start with the selfless. I know I started selfish there, but I was reading a book written by Dr. Frankel. It's called A Man's Search for Meaning. And it's his account of the Holocaust. He was a doctor, got taken into imprisonment at Auschwitz. But one of the things he mentioned, and I was so excited when you brought up this topic because of this was the best of us didn't make it through. And that's why I wrote down there altruism, because there's definitely people who are, they feel their purpose is they exist for other people. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, so that kind of person goes into an environment where the need is great for others, where nothing is expected necessarily of these people to assist others, but they see, they wake up in the morning and they see a guy struggling to tie his shoes. So they're going to go help him. They have an extra, it seems like they got a little bit more bread than their buddy. So they have to give their, their buddy like a, just a little slice. And just the taking on the minute tasks of life in the concentration camps that other people were responsible for ended up killing a lot of those people because they just couldn't handle the like the self-sufficiency alone was such a struggle and survival and it, it you had to have so much mental fortitude for it so that's kind of like a selfless example of you know exceeding expectations in, in an environment that you're you're not expected to, to at all and there, there's that type of people absolutely that feel that they they exist for that kind of stuff and i'm sure people listening know of those in their organization maybe you are that person that you you feel this longing, you feel this drive that you have to do something for somebody else or it's like not a good day. You know what I mean? Right. I know if Mike was on here, he would talk about football because this is a great opportunity to kind of weave that in. I mean, when you start thinking about teams and sports and stuff and football, if you have one individual who's the wide receiver who always feels like, you know, on the sideline, he's not getting the ball in his hands enough and he starts yelling at his teammate, his quarterback and, and saying, you know, if you just put the ball in my hands, you know, I'll, I'll make something happen and the whole bit. Well, what you don't understand is a, maybe somebody observing on the TV is that in order for the quarterback to have the success to throw the ball, he had to have the linemen do their job. In order for the quarterback to be able to throw the ball, perhaps the running back had to pick up the linebacker that's coming through the gap. The wide receiver had to make it out there, but unless everybody else did their job, he wouldn't have got the ball in his hands in the first place. 
but everybody right. but the people I mentioned get the credit. It's always the quarterback for the beautiful throw, and it's the wide receiver for the beautiful catch. And sometimes it's not even the quarterback. It's just the wide receiver makes a great catch. It goes on the highlight reel, and his, he gets a little you know tick for touchdown on the stats and everything. And sometimes right. that can make an ego inflate all of a sudden. And to think there's somebody important as opposed to just being a member of a team. And when your number's called, you just do your job. Right. You know, that's and, good. And that's, that's just that that's kind of that selfless service that we're talking about where yeah. you, you just want to be a contributor. You just want maybe, to, maybe that's a question you need to ask yourself going into any, anything you do is if we're successful, am I okay with this person receiving the glory and me getting no, no recognition? That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. For, for a lot of people. I mean, it's really, when you talk about, you know, the mission is greater than yourself that's really the epitome of a selfless service approach to things. Uh, but that's also a skill or something that people will recognize, a trait that somebody will recognize uh, on the team immediately. And they'll just they'll automatically know. You were talking about, you know, an individual that when he sees some of his guys that are hun- hungry, gives part of his MREs to or whatever the case, you know, they start, people start picking up on that. And they're like, you know, Brian's such a good guy. And sometimes they may not recognize why but they recognize there's a quality there and it's that selfless service piece of it. They're actually recognizing. And I think from a leadership standpoint, just the emotional intelligence that can drive somebody else getting the recognition, they're getting awards, but the leader takes a step back and looks at how that person got to that place. And they're like, Oh, this guy was, you know, the back end support the whole time. And you go up to that person offline one-on-one and you're like i saw what you did just know i completely support you i think that was amazing you recognize him one-on-one in my opinion that's almost that would drive me more is like okay i've already accepted the fact that i am not going to get any kind of recognition for this you know i'm moving on right and then my leader the person i look up to comes up to me one-on-one behind closed doors and tells me hey you did a great job keep it up or I see what in, you're doing. Yeah, and even in the right setting, if the opportunity is right for you to be able to do that in a more team setting where you're recognizing the people who are, are doing outstanding things, it's not a bad thing to do. You just got to make sure you put it in the right type of context in the right environment, definitely. But, you know, also to that, it, if there is a opportunity to give additional responsibilities to you because I want to demonstrate that I have trust now in Brian for the things that he's doing and I want to give additional responsibilities or something of that nature, the team will start picking up on that as well. Hey, you know, Brian all the time is getting these additional responsibilities. How come I'm not getting? Well, then you got to look at yourself again. Are you thinking selfishly or are you thinking about the team? You know, it goes yeah. right back to that same thing. One of the things you have to do is you have to constantly, and we mentioned this in other podcasts, look introspectively at yourself. You have to self-analyze a lot. And you kind of mentioned that at the very beginning of the podcast, too. You've got to start thinking inside yourself as to what are the things that drive you? What are the things that's going to make you want to go above and beyond? Uh, what are, you know, what are those motivating items uh, that you need to concentrate on that's going to help you feel like you're you're successful? Yeah. And if you don't think that you're in competition with your peers, then you need to take a, take a step back because you absolutely are. You know, life is a race every day and you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta fight like you're trying to win it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but you want that if you're, if you're, if, 
if you're somebody that's in a position, again, I'll go back to the football analogy, but if, yeah. if you're a high-speed individual on the football field as a wide receiver and I'm coming in, I want to compete against the best. I want to be on the team with the best. Exactly. Because then that means I win too. But again, that's that selfless act. I find that a lot of these people that are the best never say that they're competing against somebody else. They always say they're competing against, against themselves. Right. And I think that is one of the things that really can drive that intrinsic you know, motivation to get past the expectations to go above and beyond. They have this, this deep, just longing to beat what they were yesterday. And a lot of that might come off and it's crazy what that does to the environment. It causes it's black and white. It's like this person is excelling clearly. And those who are like that, that person's beating me. They can either join in and try to try to beat him, which is awesome when that happens because it breeds a, that environment of competition. People are always better than themselves, or people feel like their pride is hurt and they will they lash out because sometimes, absolutely, you have people in the environment that feel like it's a direct. They're taking it as a direct insult when somebody is excelling, when somebody's going to the next level. They feel like that person is coming straight at them trying to beat them trying to better them when the guy who's doing it intrinsically because they want to be better than themselves every day is like no i didn't even why are we having this crazy argument i I, this came out of nowhere right i'm just doing me over here (laughs) right right why are you cussing me out now you know and if you've ever been on what i'll call an a team and when you think about that from like say special forces or something i mean there's a lot of reason why they call it the a team you start looking at the psychological makeup of an organization and the way everybody understands they have a role to play on the team and everybody's equal and don't try to outshine one another but if you've ever been in that type of environment whether it's in the private sector or in the military it's pretty special it's special when you have a bunch of people who are not trying to jump over one another, but they're actually trying to make the whole better. And every person understands they have a role on that team. So I may not be good. Yep. I may learn elements of your job and understand how it you know, plays in that I need to back you up and the whole bit. But I'm not all of a sudden going to try and take you out. It's not about trying to remove people. It's about trying to raise the expectation, raise the level of everybody around you. And when you start doing that and you're the leader of that A-team, that's also amazing. Because then you yep. know you're building the B-team, C-team, and the bench strength down below it. Robert, do you do you see a man who's skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. That right there is a motivation for me every day is I'm going to just focus on being skilled at what I do. I know I'm going to stand at the stage. I will be on the stage that I want to perform on one day because of that and if people get offended if people don't like it then they're just going to be wasting their time adjusting to what i do you know and that might sound cocky but that's that's what happens when when you can't keep up with the competition of the workplace the competition of exceeding the standards for the mission you know what i would like about how you put that is that's their problem that they're spending a lot of time focusing on and wasting energy on and you're not gonna you're not gonna lower yourself to that standard or waste time and energy trying to focus on their concerns. That's the best thing you can do. It's crazy too. If you think about it, they are giving you more of a a foothold on the win as they're continuing to talk about you and trying to beat you. They're wasting their time just mulling over the things that you're doing to exceed the standards while you're just driving forward. 
You're yeah. just, you're going, you're gone. So you think about those that are probably listening or individuals that never joined the military and they're looking and they always reach out to people that are in the soft community, SF community, or whatever they're wanting to be within the military. And they want to know what, what can I do? What, you know, what, what are the things that I can um, do to prepare, you know, myself mentally and physically. And of course you there's, there's stuff that you can do physically. Everybody has to be physically fit within the military, but the truth of the matter is be you at the end of the day, be true to yourself. Yep, absolutely. Who are you? Define who that is first. And again, it goes back to what motivates you? What are the things that demotivate you? What are the, what are the things that you waste your energy in focusing on and start looking at all of those things right now, because they're going to get exposed when you get into a team environment and a yep. really good team environment. Be in an organization that breeds competition, that people are excited to go up against each other to prove themselves and that aren't afraid to fail. You know, I think Dave Grossman, he said something about a warrior. What was it? You're not going to edit this. Come on. I'm going to remember this. <laughs> Dave, Dave Grossman said a warrior's greatest fear is not, uh, it's like not of the unknown, but just not trying, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not trying, which should be a warrior's fear. He needs to go for it and put himself in those, in that competition environment, exceeding the standards. That's, that's it right there. At some point you have to take a step and actually begin the execution of whatever it is you're thinking. If you just keep thinking it, you may overanalyze this situation, overplan what you think you're going to be doing. Just do it. Just be yourself. Things are going to happen. You might not be successful always, but definitely. I, I, again, staying true to yourself is so important and throughout the process, whether you're a yeah. leader or, or – and again, this is very valid when it comes to leadership. You don't want to try to measure yourself as a leader against another leader because you're not yep. that person. So there may be qualities that they have, but you might find a lot of faults that they have when you start peeling back that onion. And realize, again, respect introspectively, that you might start looking at yourself and realize that you have a lot of faults. I was very fortunate enough to go uh, work for a company that sent me to a, a leadership conference in New York City where people like Colin Powell and, you know, all these, you know, Bill Gates, all these different people came to speak at it. And uh, it was amazing. But one of the speakers was a guy that I didn't even know his name. And he got up there and he just started talking about things that you yeah, kind of had that real aha moment. And what he was talking about is that Tiger Woods realized this a long time ago that Everybody focuses on trying to shore up their weaknesses. Why not continue working on your strengths? So in the case of Tiger Woods, he had a, um, you know, you always go to uh, someone to ask for assistance in shoring up your game and making it better and everything. Well, he he had a professional that said, yeah, you know, one of the things you got to do is you've got to start working more on your your short game, especially in the the traps and everything. You got to get out of the sand traps and start working on your wedges and and that type of stuff. And well, as you know, Tiger Woods was really good at the the long drives. I mean, yeah. he could knock the heck out of a ball. And uh, but when it came to a short game, he was probably not that great as as he was on putting too. That was another one of his strengths. I mean, you can you remember those thirty foot putts where you're like, oh my god, how did he drop that? You know. Well, when he started working on that, that the uh, the person told him to work on, the other parts of his game started failing because he yeah. spent so much energy trying to work on improving his weaknesses that he didn't realize that his strengths are his strengths and bring that to the table. 
Right, and if he capitalizes on his strengths, focuses on those, it just eliminates the even chance of having to try his weakness because <laughs> you right. need to hit that drive and then just pull out your seven, put it on the green, put it in, so and the, that's what he's doing. One of the craziest questions I heat out here in the private sector is when somebody asks you, Brian, what's your weakness? Tell me about your weakness. What? I don't care. As a leader, I'm not going to focus my energy on that. I'm not going to concentrate so much on your weaknesses. I want to know what your strengths are. How can I then get the most out of you? What drives you, Brian? What are the things that get your creative juices going and get you, you know, really excited about living the moment and living the day? That's what I want to concentrate on. To me, it's part of that when you're saying that emotional intelligence, it's getting to know that person, but it's also trying to help you find the things that's going to help trigger that going beyond uh, yeah. the, the level of expectation. It's, it, promoting that self-sufficiency and subordinates is so crucial. Because you have that, just as we've been talking about, is saying, staying true to oneself as a leader, you can vector that, absolutely. You can put people in the positions at work that they are able to build, like, an autonomous, be, be autonomous with their, their decisions and their time. And that, that is so crucial, you know, especially as an operator and building, building that self-sufficiency. Continuous improvement is one of those things when you can say about the same thing, because then you're talking about now trying to look again introspectively at yourself, but also trying to look at bringing your strengths to the table as part of the team and pointing out opportunities. Now, again, this all has to do with tact. You have to be very tactful in how you present it so that you don't start looking like the guy that always wants to get the gold star on the team. It's not right. about that, but it's about looking to make the team better and about approaching it in a way that it'll, it'll uh, not upset your peers and everything but always uh, bringing opportunities to, to make improvements, to become better as an organization, what skills that you can bring to the table that you can continuously improve to hone on so that you can um, add that much more and maybe even raise the bar of everybody else because they see that, yep. oh, well, Brian's putting the additional effort in. And again, as much as you say that it's not about the competition, there is a competition level. If I start seeing Brian putting a little bit more effort in there, well, then I'm going to do the same thing. Again, I take the Absolutely. Mike's football analogy, you know. If if I start seeing a bunch of guys staying after practice and starting putting in some extra reps and doing some things, it looks pretty bad when I walk off the field. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm going to stay my butt on the field, and I'm going, to, I'm going to show that I'm a team player, and I'm going to start raising my bar to get even better because I realize, geez, if we're all better here and we all take that extra effort and use that extra energy, even when coach is not around on the football field, then that means the team is going to be better in itself. And how our actions are when we don't have leaders around us all the time. How are we trying to improve one? How are we taking care of one another? You know, all right. those types of things as well. So that's part of that. I know, I know where I was going now. And it is, it is a good point. I don't know if you <laughs> work that cut in there. But the self-sufficiency is so crucial. Let's start in Indoc. You have the ability to be true to yourself, you're exceeding your standards. And there comes a time when a lot of the people around you, let's say they're not sounding off loud enough. But since you've been just attacking your own strengths and your weaknesses, capitalizing on your strengths, as, we, as we've been talking about, your time comes up and you're good. You're vibing because you've been just going the one step further for yourself. You haven't really let the, the team atmosphere affect how you want to exceed the standards and that's, that's the same on the battlefield, being a self-sufficient operator. You are part of a team, absolutely, but you're continually exceeding the standards for yourself. You're, you're getting on a knee. 
you are going up comms, you're checking people, and you're doing your thing, and that's you're you're covering people's backs. So when things get bad, you've exceeded the standards to the point because of you, not because of the people around you, not adjusting to them. You're just you're going one step further for yourself, and you're prepared, you're ready because you've gone for you because you've gone the the step and and beating yourself out there already. Well, there's a way that you have to do it again. There's a there's kind of that tactful way and that political way, mind you, that you've got to be very careful and cognizant of how you're going about trying to um, raise the bar without upsetting your peers. Right. Because uh, you are a team. And so if you start showing too much, you know, you're going to know too how your team players are. Because if they come up to you and they go, hey, Brian, man, dude, kind of tone it down a little bit. Man, you're making the rest of us look bad. You know, uh oh, you might not be on that team that you thought was elite. You might yeah. be with a bunch of people that are really just trying to skate by, live <laughs> life, and not try yeah. to stand out because you know what? I only get paid X and I'm not going to make any more if I give any more effort. You know, especially if you're yeah. in the military, it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to get a bonus at the end of the year, like in the private sector or anything. I, it is what it is. And, you know, if I go out here and do it, well, I might get a trinket. Okay. I might, so what? I hang that on the wall. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I see two circumstances where exceeding expectations can be inappropriate. The first is if you're not meeting the basic expectations. And I see this from people that want to be recognized without doing just, just the legwork leg as it is. So if you're exceeding the expectation by putting your name on a purchase quest, for example, you know, the fiscal year is coming up and we got to get requests in. You didn't do the the account build up. You didn't build the products, but you took the product, you put the items on it, and you sent it in with your name on it. Boom. Okay. But your whole team knows where were you in the in the get go when we were sweating, where we were staying after work yesterday, and building that up. You know where where were you a part of those basic expectations to start with? And the second one is as you're talking about, if you didn't assess correctly the environment, the situation that you need to exceed the expectations in. And maybe the team, as you said, isn't isn't ready for doing that much. I hear it quite a bit. It's kind of a basic term, but it's uh, don't do too much, like team too much kind of thing. And you absolutely have to make sure that you are a part of the team with the way that you want to exceed expectations. Drive other people to do the same, but, you know, as you're, as you're saying, like, if you you don't want to be that guy who's just kind of like left left to the side because everyone's just what the heck you know yeah you got to be very careful and tactful and and approach the situation a little different if you're in that type of environment and I, I mean there's lots of different ways that you can handle that and we can do that a whole another podcast on that type of topic but you know if you are fortunate enough to be with individuals who who do want to raise the bar. And sometimes it may only take a couple of people that are along with you. You know, if you got a team of seven people, nine people or something of that nature, and, and you're talking about, um, you're starting to, to see, exceed the expectations and you start seeing somebody else that, Hey, Hey Brian, I'm, I'm noticing something's going on. What, do, what can I do? You know, what, what are some of the things I, I want to do my part, you know? And, and next thing you know, you start seeing two, three, four, it, it becomes really exciting uh, because you start mm-hmm. seeing that opportunity there. But, uh, but again, it, it all goes back to what is, what is your leader like too? If, if your leader is out there constantly complaining, constantly talking about, you know, leadership above them, you know, doing things differently than what they would or whatever, 
then you're not going to have the type of leader one that's probably even going to recognize what you're doing. They're probably going to be the first one that comes to you and says, Hey, Brian, tone it down, man. You're making all the whole team look bad. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty sad when you have a leader that ends up doing that, but I've seen it done plenty of times. I heard general Dempsey in a leadership seminar that he did at Nellis air force base say that the three qualities of a leader that need to be there for a good leader are humility, expertise, and moral excellence. Those three qualities are a great way to just set a general expectation for the team. Set something good that everyone, the environment knows, This is these are the things. We're going to be humble. We're going to work hard. We're going to learn our job and be the best at it. And we're going to be professionals. We're going to be gentlemen. Or, you know, wherever you are, for me, it's gentlemen. I work mainly with men right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so good because then it's it's okay to go ahead and go for it. It's not it's it's normal because my leader's doing it. Being humble is one of those things again that uh, you won't find, you know, the selfless service that we were talking about in the very beginning of that selflessness and then that being humble. Those those are difficult qualities I think for a lot of people and in some cases it um comes with age, comes with wisdom, comes with uh, getting out there and trying to do it not that way, or at some point in your life, maybe realizing that what you thought was important is not really as important um, as you thought it was. And that how how young were you in, in thinking that, or how naive were you in thinking that those things were important at that time frame? And no matter where you are in your life, you always look back if you're someone like me, there was a time where I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I think of something I did 10 years before and go, Oh my God, why did I even do that? That was so stupid. Right. You know, right. but again, that's that self-assessment, you know, that's, I have something, I have something for the younger people who might be listening. And it's simply, if you are going to start being true to yourself and exceeding expectations that you have internalize it, like turn off the social media, turn off any routes that you could want to be recognized for that early on mull it over see how you react to the way you exceed expectations with nobody else giving their input on it because that's that's precious that's that's some life right there if you can if you can build that early that's a foundation to build your purpose in life off of build your family of build your career on if you can get that that intrinsic need to exceed expectations so to hear someone say that is the best approach to finding who you are and to understanding, you know, that baseline and everything and, and truly figuring out your passion and everything, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's going the opposite because I think a lot of people now uh, feel like social media is the thing. If they want to keep up with things that are going on, uh, they don't want to get left behind and they get engaged right. into the real-time messaging and, and unfortunately, right now, we have a lot of information out there, and most of it is not even true. And you, and you can't even tell what's yeah. real from fake today. I, I'm not necessarily fighting against people being in touch. And the news, whatever, stay in touch with reality. But, ah, okay, yeah, you hit a back squat PR yesterday. Is that really your lifetime goal? Do you need to put it up there? Are you content with that? Because yeah. the more recognition you get at these lower levels as a young person, the more it's going to just plateau you because it's this new normal. But no, you're meant for that 7,000-pound back squat that is 20 years from now. That's what your goal is. So don't be hyping up these little goals that you meet. 
just call it a milestone and move on go to the next thing wow ah. that's that's again you're talking about that uh looking introspectively and starting to look i mean take a lens that's away from you and look back at yourself what, what are you doing how are you living your life what are the things that you're trying to accomplish here again a going and giving of yourself and going beyond what's expected really starts with you i mean we're kind of going full circle here but it it really in, uh, begins and ends with you taking a look and a hard look at yourself and what drives you. And then what you did for yourself, you need to do as a leader for your, each of your team members. You need to take the time yeah. to get to know your people well enough so that you understand what drives them, help them understand that, what motivates Absolutely. them, you know, and all that. And, and it kind of goes back to the same thing we were talking about. Yep, it does. It's good. And I want listeners to know as well so kcsl it's a movement and sean and i wanted to keep our names kind of clean from the the social media side now on podcasts i know it's a little bit different but we want to not take away from the knowledge and what we've learned we want to put that out there completely with our names not involved yeah we might be in the photos it might be our buddies we'll we'll tag them and stuff but we don't we never want a face to get in ahead of the principal and that's just something i'm planning on living by that's a belief i have and i'm gonna go for i think a lot of it has to do with faith my christian faith and just that upbringing that has instilled some of these qualities in me but that's who i am i'm gonna keep kind of pressing on as a you know, putting the principle before self, uh, I hope, you know, you can edit that. That sounds a little cocky, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Those, those are some of the qualities I think other people are going to recognize in you. And that's what they, uh, qualities that people will recognize in individuals that think that way, that they end up putting in your case, you're talking about putting a brand out there and not trying to make it about you. You're not trying to be the Kim Kardashian. Yeah. You're not trying to be whatever, which is very selfish. You're actually, looking at the, the brand, what it means to you and what it represents. Uh, I, I, again, I think it's the same thing, whether you're in the military, or you're in the private sector, think of it as a team instead of a brand. It, it applies. Everything we talked about totally applies. It, it doesn't matter whether you're thinking about going in, you better do some self reflecting before you get in. You know, that's really important aspect because you want to also make sure that uh, you go into the right occupations and right skills. You brought up the, a great point that maybe you're on a team that is not about exceeding expectations. And that kind of brings up the thought, okay, it is easy to just skate through life not exceeding, but just meeting that standard. And Sir Francis Drake, he had this prayer a long time ago where at the end of it he says, when our dreams have come too true, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to shore. And I petition the, the listeners, exceeding expectations is going to be the most rewarding thing that you'll ever do. It's going to be the most painful thing you ever do as well. Maybe not ever, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, but it's going to be amazing. It's, it's a black and white. There's no skating. There's no gray. It's what you need to do if you're listening to Mentors for Military and KCSL. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio.
Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code mentors for mil or mentors the number 4 mil at SkeletonOptics.com and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.